Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 510, recorded live on Saturday, April 29th, 2017. And here are your hosts, the man who doesn't know what day it is, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who's planning on stopping by his lo- local gaming store because oh, it's, it's the, International, yeah, it's International Tabletop Board Day. God damn. Andy Lowe, hi. Yep. Uh, you, out of all people, I feel like has played... Well, I, granted. I knew that it was just not off the top of my head. Oh... I've already read three different things about it, and I know what two, the two different game stores are doing today. I'm just not participating, so I didn't really care. Gotcha. Yeah, no, we're going out because it's also something about, like, Pretzel Day or Pretz- International Pretzel Day or National Pretzel Day is something also around here. Okay. Let's see, National Pretzel Day. Oh, it was Wednesday, April 26th. Um, so we have to buy some, uh, we have to get some shelves from Home Depot that we've purchased, but we just need to pick up. We're going to go to the mall, get some free pretzels because of National Pretzel Day and some smoothies. And then I want to swing by the game store also on our way at home, just to see what's going on there because it's International Tabletop Day. Which, man, it just if you think about it, like when we were younger, International Tabletop Day, you had two options. Right? Monopoly? Yeah, I was going to say like Monopoly, Clue. The Hasbro, Sorry. Milton Bradley sort of things. Yeah. And you had D&D. I mean, Warhammer. Well, I'm just saying in a generic sense, like those. No, your- you're saying here's what I was exposed to as a kid. And that I'm is not necessarily average, what was out there. The average person probably only knew of board games as or tabletop yeah. games. Yes, I know. Warhammer was big. And oh, my gosh. Well, but but like. The average person, yes, but this is not geared towards the average person. Well, no, I was just talking about, you know, I could go to Target right now and yep. look at their board game section, Ticket to yep. Ride, Catan, Pandemic, yep. Code yep. Words. All significantly better than what we had growing up. Yes. That is true. But I would not actually state that there's all that much more diversity in the options when you actually, like, dig into it. That, like... If you go to a board game store and you look around, you are not going to recognize most of the names of those games. No, no, you're not. <clears throat> Sorry, I just had a silence alarm go off at work, but we're okay. Uh-oh. No, we're we're good. I've been taking more of a hands-off approach. It's one of those things where it's like, look, these people need to learn how to <laughs> handle their own stuff. So, you know, as soon as the audio has been restored, email comes in. I just stop worrying about it. Okay. But uh, I've... I feel like especially also with, you know, like all the indie developers and Kickstarters and people making board games that way. It's like we're... You think it was like the golden age of, of um, board gaming? Well, I wouldn't say the golden age. Remember the, the comics, they always had like, what, the silver age, the gold age, and the platinum age or whatever it was? Because mm-hmm. I feel like the golden age of board gaming was also, you know, during the heyday of uh, Scrabble and Monopoly and like during the, the 40s and 50s. I feel like that era was pretty big in board games. And now we've had a second resurgence and expansion of it. So this no? is the, the silver, I don't know. I don't know how the comic book era works. I don't work. have my, my fingers on the pulse of the board game industry. No, but we do know people who do. Who do. Yep. We probably should have gotten one of them on for today. Given that it's the International Board Game Day? Yeah. 
<clears throat> well, free comic book day is coming up. When is that? When is free comic book day? Yeah. Uh, May 6th. All right. So it's a week from today. Yes. I see. So that's also coming up as well. So we could probably <laughs> get some comic book people on. But that means Do I'd actually have to. you know a lot of comic book people? No, I, I know one. Maybe two. Yeah, two. I know two. Okay. <laughs> Both of which I think are going to be preoccupied on that Saturday, as will I, actually. Next Saturday? Yeah. What are you doing next Saturday? I know uh, you're doing something. Niece's, uh, niece and nephew birthday. Ah. Next Saturday. Okay. So I also will be busy. So, oh, God, we're going to be in Ann Arbor. I don't know if I'd be able to hit that vault of midnight. Oh. It's going to be busy. Yeah, it was kind of funny. We were, um, last year, we were in Detroit at a Tigers baseball game on that Saturday. Mm-hmm. And people were walking by with free comic book bag bags. And I'm sitting there going like, I know Vault of Midnight opened a store around here somewhere, but I'm not sure where. And we're sitting there like, you know, we don't really have any like plans for us of the evening. So let's say, well, let's check it out. Yeah, we're up in the parking garage and I look at my app and I'm like, oh, it says it's like right in front of us. And we look out and yep, there's, <laughs> we can see the Vault of Midnight sign above a building, you know, across the park from where our parking structure was. I was like, oh, there it is. That's where it is. Yeah. So, wow, that's next week. Dang. All right. I'll have to keep that in mind as well. <laughs> so are you planning on doing any tabletop gaming sometime next week? Um, you have a, a standing I, Pathfinder I, appointment? Yes, I have my Pathfinder game on Monday, where I am I am a cavalier, a, a barbaric cavalier from the north, the far north. And then I have another Pathfinder game that meets every other week. I don't know if it'll actually meet next week, though, um, where I'm, I'm a pyromaniac gnome. <laughs> His name is Bonzumzat Nasp. He just likes blowing shit up? Well... Not necessarily, excuse me, not necessarily liking it, just uh, just kind of happens around him. He's a fun character. I really am enjoying that game. Well, I would too if I, you know, fire, I mean, just come on. Yep, fire and color spray. Mm-hmm. It's only level one, so, you know, not a lot of fire, but some fire. Just a little bit of fire. Just a little bit of fire. In any case. Yes, should we... Uh, bring this back? Yes. As we're, we're getting a little... Uh, a little, little off topic, as it were. It's not the most terrible thing to happen. No, but, you know, we have topics on the list. We do have to, Andy, I found a topic and I thought immediately of you. Uh-oh. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I'm going to be able to put this on the list and then just sit back and let Andy go. All right. What topic is that? Nintendo released sales numbers. <gasps> oh. oh, sorry. <laughs> that cough is still around. Oh, I think you you might have the same thing I had like eight months ago. Uh, enjoy. It it lasts a good like three to four months. Oh, it sucks. Just got to yep. keep my, you know, keep my fluid intake up. But still, it's just, oh, the Nintendo actually announced sales numbers. I thought, that, were they the ones that stopped doing that? Or that was Microsoft that had stopped doing that first. And they basically all stopped doing that. Yeah. But there's a new console. And so Nintendo wants to make sure that people are aware that there's a new console, which means... 2.74 million Switch consoles sold worldwide in less than a month. Damn! Yeah, let's start getting some comparisons. Okay, now what I don't understand is, Nintendo yeah. has sold 2.74 million Switch consoles worldwide in less than a month. But and they, they sold 2.76 million copies of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wind. Yeah. So wait, how did Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wind outsold... <laughs> outsell 
the, the console Switch, itself. Like, yeah. Like more copies of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild have been sold than Switches have yes. been sold. Uh, yes. Well, partly because the the Breath of the Wild is not in a month. It's here's all the copies we've sold. Well, yes, but these are the numbers because the Switch got released on March 3rd. Uh, and OK, so between March 3rd and March 31st, this is the same time frame for the Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild. There oh. are the same time frame. How the hell did they sell more all games right. than consoles? Uh, I'm not sure. That, my my guess would be like uh, parents who bought it for their kid, not realizing that it was for the wrong version. Ah, here we go. Also available on the Wii U. Right. Okay, that answers the question. So now the the number you said, the um, two point whatever, where'd that go? I just had it. For which number? The Breath of the Wild. 2.76 million. Yes. That's not including the Wii U version. <laughs> ah! If so you I'm include back- the Wii U version, they sold 3.8 million copies. Okay, so so now I'm back to my original question of why are there more copies of the game out there than there are consoles? Well, there was a collector's edition, so it's possible that people bought more than one copy. Oh, jeez. And I think it's people bought the wrong version. That Probably. That's probably what it is. They bought, they bought the Wii U version and went, oh, shit. No, they bought the Switch version. Oh, and they only have a Wii U. And they have a Wii U. If they bought the Wii U version, the, the Wii U numbers would be higher. Okay. So they bought the Switch version, but they don't have a Switch. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, just pay like five minutes worth of attention to what your kids are doing, and you will never make that mistake. What? Still, though, it that's just... <laughs> Part of me, you know, freaks out, though, right? You know, more copies uh, of the game were sold than there are things to play it on. To play it on, yep. Okay, sorry, I just still have to try and wrap my head around that. That That's okay. Take right. your time. Okay. I'm not going anywhere. Well, hopefully not, at least for like the next 45 minutes or so. Take It's, it's okay. Just settle on it. Yep. Understand it. Yep. It it's happened. happened. Sure. Moving on. Okay. Ajit Pai. Not a weird, you know, pastry dish, but the current head of the FCC. He's decided to go after net neutrality like he said he was going to. I want Tom Wheeler back. This is the guy who, during his, during the actual vote on the net neutrality things there, he literally had a 12-minute speech about what was going on and why he hated net neutrality. So no surprise, one of the first things he does, well, not one of the the first things, but in his first, you know, I think this is actually going to be their first vote, is uh, going to be... Try to end net neutrality. Yep, (laughs) reversing net neutrality. So what he released was a draft proposal. Then FCC is going to vote on the draft proposal for, it's like, Pretend, but I think it's called like notes on potential rulemaking or something like that. Then after that happens, um, then the actual comments on the rules are going to open up. Uh, that's going to go until June. Then the comments for rulemaking is going to close. Then the response comments to the previous comments are going to open up for another, I think, two months till August. And then I do believe in September, October is when the FCC is actually going to vote on this one. But I have a feeling that the comments aren't going to matter. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of feeling that too. That like I'm wondering how effective it'll be to actually add a comment. Because there were what four point 
three million comments last time we went through this. And the FCC like made it title two. They said, no, this is this is a utility. And they're just uh so the fight begins again. Yes. I'm getting really tired of fighting the same battle. I just it's oh my it's just ridiculous. It's like the um it's just the back and forth, back and forth. It was like something that Trump signed when he first got into office that all Republican presidents signed or signed and then all, you know, Democratic presidents put like a waiver on or something like that. It's just back yep. and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's just like. So it would take an act of Congress to settle this once and for all. Yes. Because once Congress rules on something, the FCC can't override it. No. The question is, how would this Congress rule? Probably in the same favor as, as we saw the privacy. with the how many Republican senators voting to uh, give up All your ISP privacy? Every single one of them. And every single Democratic senator voting against it. Yeah. I know some some I know people on both sides of the political spectrum. And they are all wonderful people. I just want to know why the the people in power don't actually represent either side of that political spectrum. I don't know. So Ajit Pai is the chairman. There are other like co-chairs of the FCC. Yes, there are is currently there three out of the five. There are two Republicans and one Democrat. One Democrat. There will be more yeah. if, you know, Trump actually ever gets around to um, appointing them, appointing them course with two openings i mean it's supposed to stay bipartisan right yes like, yes it is part supposed of the rules. to have um the rules state there are supposed to be three majority and two minority um based applications based, yeah. so they had they, they the the people who are on the fcc board are supposed to give their political preference and so it's supposed to be a three to two sort of thing yeah well like you can't just load it up with two more republicans no that there's supposed to be one more republican and one more democrat on the board he could go and find the most conservative democrat out there yes which is what everybody thought obama did when he got wheeler but people like this is the most conservative democrat out there what is he and then, doing and then Tom wheeler ended up actually being like this really amazing guy yeah i know and I was very pleased with his performance. Surprise! God, I still love it when John Oliver called him a dingo. (laughs) It's like, that's something a... I'm not a dingo. That's something a dingo would say. (sighs) So, if if I want to, like... Because they open it to public comment. And and despite you and me going, like, is that going to make a difference? Because Ajit Pai is going to do what he wants to do. There are other commissioners. There are other people who maybe we could sway a little more. Um, because they aren't necessarily in lockstep with him. So how does one comment on this? Well, you go They've to the, opened it for public comment. Yes. What do we do? Well, you go to the FCC webpage. Um, uh, Which is FCC.gov? Uh, yes. I got to okay. remember how to do this. It's been a while. Well, lucky for you, there's a topic. Oh, really? Hold on. Reloading. Hey, look at that, a topic. How to comment on the FCC proposal. All right. So, yeah, FCC webpage. Uh, head to the listing for the restore. Rest- really, he's calling it restoring internet freedom. Yep. The restoring internet freedom proposal, which is like the stupidest and silliest thing since, what was it, the the best health care plan or something? <laughs> oh. Or the, uh, oh shit, what was it? 
uniting and strengthening America by providing appropriate tools required to intercept and obstruct terrorism act, the USA Patriot Act. So go to this listing, Restoring Internet Freedom. And then uh, you click on the Plus Express option on the left sidebar, which then you can fill out the form and click on continue to review screen. And then you can uh, review your comment, I think, and then <clears throat> send it off. Okay, so hold on. I'm looking at, you know, this is the first time I've been to the FCC web page and I'm not actually looking at the reverse auction <laughs> <laughs> database. Speaking of which... Yeah, that's over. It's over. It's over and done with. Yay. The biggest winner? Yeah. A uh, religious TV station in Chicago who decided to give up their spectrum completely for $340 million. Wow. Yep. That's a lot of money. Yep, that's what I tell people. It's... the real money in broadcasting is not in actually running a broadcasting station. It's selling a broadcasting station. It's like so. You, go you, buy a bunch of broadcast stations. Like uh, no, Dish. Dish did that during the last uh, last auction. People are like, "What's Dish planning on doing with all this wireless spectrum?" Selling it. Pretty much, yeah. Renting trying to make it them, out. Trying to make themselves look good to get acquired by you know like a an AT&T or Verizon or something of that nature. Yeah. So yeah, so now the uh 39-month transition period uh has started. So, we'll see how long this 39-month period will actually last because I spent an hour listening to somebody talk to me about the whole repacking and moving transmitters and channels and everything. And if you want a definition of a cluster, this is it. Yeah. There's daisy chains where, you know, station A can't change until station B has changed and station B can't change until station C has changed. And I mean, then, that's fine as long as station, station C is not dependent on station A. There, No, some of those are actually like that where they call those they call those uh, circle daisy chains or gridlock. It's yeah. No, it's. I literally spent an hour with other television and radio engineers. We're all sitting there like, you know, listening to this guy at the end of it. Some of the engineers just laughed. They're like, really? 39 months. (laughs) Feels like that's a long enough time. 39 months. Three years. Three years. They're saying it's not enough time. No, no. the, The actual engineers are saying it's not enough time because the amount of actual like tower crews out there. And the amount of the number of transmitter manufacturers out there have been dwindling over the years because there's been a lot of consolidation in the industry. And so the number of people who, you know, are actually making transmitters has been going down significantly. Okay. So some of those things were like antenna manufacturers, transmitter manufacturers, the people to actually go up to the tower and install these things. There's going to be a backlog of like, it's probably Christmas for those guys. So they're thinking, oh my God, you know, we're set for work for the next three years where they're always going to have do it again. (laughs) Probably. Well, wait, when was the first spectrum auction? That was 2011, something like that. So yeah, maybe, you know, five to six years. Granted, most of the um, most of the telecom companies are moving away from the slower spectrum, saying that you know the higher frequencies are where the real five G stuff is at. Oh, which oh my god, I forgot I didn't put this on here. AT and T said that they were doing a five G rollout. Oh my god, but it's not. It's not actually five G. <laughs> it's a fake five G. They're calling it five G evolution. Right, and it's not. 
at all 5G. Like, no. it's 4G. Yes. In no way, shape, or form is it actually 5G. No, no, it's not. Nothing, none whatsoever. But they're still calling it, well, they're calling it 5G evolution. And it's just like, that's, but it's... And I'm, I'm calling it bullshit and false advertising. Which everybody else is agreeing with you. What marketing idiot at AT&T figured that was a good idea? I, I don't know. I honestly, because I heard that. I'm like, AT&T is rolling out 5G. No, they're not. Nobody's finalized bullshit. the standards on this yet. Like, we don't know what it's going to look like. Just, uh, no. And then it's, read them like, oh, no, that's just 4G, 4G, basically like 4G plus. The other fun fact, it's only going to be in 20 markets in this in the country, and it's only going to work with Samsung Galaxy S8 and S8 plus. So it's just, oh, yep. Uh, yep. Telecoms make me angry. Hulk smash. Hulk write firm letter to FCC. <laughs> yeah and so it gets read by ajit pai no no it won't there's no way he's gonna be able to wade his way through four million comments that's what staffers are for mm-hmm. oh my god i can we do we do we have a happier topic at&t doing 5g the fcc being dumb again um here's a neat one linkedin yeah um they are actually doing basically like an internship program. Paid or unpaid? Paid. Paid. Oh, that's good. Six-month program for recruiting software engineers from non-traditional career paths, those huh. re-entering the workforce, and other people who have learned programming through boot camps and not through, you know, normal university experiences. Because they've been noticing... That in Silicon Valley, unless you have a computer science degree from a prestigious university, you're not going anywhere. So they're actually allowing, you know, they're starting up an apprenticeship program for six months that's paid to actually have the people, you know, um, they work uh, with a mentor for six months and could be offered a full-time job at Microsoft-owned LinkedIn after the program ends. Neat. Okay. Well, that, that's very nice of Microsoft and LinkedIn to do. I I, I approve that. <laughs> Especially since, you know, there's a lot of things that you just need to learn from experience. And most of the time, the programs at university are just, you know, almost not, like a mentorship. Not quite there. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I mean, I, you know. I did get the experience of, of going through a school of education. So my university was essentially an apprenticeship and, and was a, a, it was worse than an unpaid internship because I had to pay to do it. Yes, that's... <laughs> I have to pay to have the person tell me, okay, we're going to be creating a shopping cart application in Java. And we're like, okay. That sounds thrilling. Yeah, we learned it one piece at a time. And at the end, we got a shopping cart application. And then after that class was done, I deleted that application because I never wanted to see it again. A shopping cart application in Java or JavaScript? Java. Why? This this was my Java class that I took. But why? Why? I don't know. Like, you, are you going to build a store in Java? I don't know. That was the that was the end goal, though. Was the shopping cart application? We're all sitting there going, like, this is the weirdest thing ever. This was the class, also, that I think only like uh, it was some extremely low amount of the class actually got a passing grade in the class. What? It was yeah, no. When Why? we actually like got together afterwards and like compared final grades, we're like. Dang, who actually passed this class? Of all the applications to do, a shopping cart? Yeah. Not like a recipe manager, not... Like, 
that's going to be so incomplete. Yeah. Did you have a mechanism for payments? No, we didn't get that far into there. It was just setting up. Um, uh, I think basically when we got to the checkout is when we finished. Yeah, it was the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> it was just like, really? That's what we're going to be spending all this time on. 15 weeks building a shopping cart. Yeah. We did, you know, other projects at the time there, and all the stuff kind of led back to the shopping, but it was just, oh. Could I sort the things in my shopping cart? Yes, that was part of the thing as well. Okay. You have to sort them by specific. It was almost like a database thing there. We're like, why are we doing this in Java? Why can't we do this? I thing? don't know. You know. It sounds like it's the worst language to do this in. Yeah, we all agreed on that one, too. We... <laughs> Like if it had been done in JavaScript, that would have been fine because you could have dropped it on the internet. That would have been really cool. Nope. But just pure Java. Pure Java. God damn. <laughs> yeah, none of nobody in that class was pleased with that class. Let me tell you that. The the teacher reviews, the meetings with the dean, it was just that was just bad all around. Yeah. Um wow. Yes, but this one I approved because there's a lot of things. That you need to learn hands-on. Most of the stuff with my job, I learned about by literally having somebody go to me, this didn't work, why did this not work? I go, I don't know. And then I dig into the actual log where I spend, you know, time looking at every single action that this computer program has taken. Yeah. Going, okay, this is why this happened is because this one literally... This line of code fired off three hundredths of a second before this other line of code, and that caused these things to fail. So we'll add, you know, a delay feature to this thing, and then everything should work fine. I ran into almost exactly that same problem of of commands happening too fast for the computer. Oh yeah, no, that happens all the time with us because we have a lot of things that actually still run physical relays Oof. and physical switches. So it's one of those things where it's like all right, you need to you actually know. give it time to, to move the switch. Yeah, there's a couple of times where things would butt up too closely and the switch wouldn't have time to deal with it. So it's like, okay, we try and mess with the buffer, but that still doesn't work because the computer still is running a lot faster. So then we start running double switches on both things where it says hit it once, wait a second, hit it again, because normally the stuff will, you know, will start to yep. even out in the buffer a little bit. And so that seems to be working now. Mine was dealing with auto hotkey and the clipboard and Outlook. Oh, Outlook. Because I, I wrote a thing that like will paste something into an email, but I always try and be be good and restore the clipboard to whatever it was before I abuse it. And okay. and so I copied what was in the clipboard to a variable, changed the clipboard, pasted, and then changed the clipboard back, right? Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds like it should work fine. Yep. It was always pasting the clipboard. Uh-huh. Even though, like, like it was pasting the thing that had originally been there. I'm like, what the hell? Like, clearly I'm copying it out. And as I'm debugging the program and walking through step by step, it is, it is I'm watching the variables copying out the clipboard, changing the clipboard, pasting, and then changing the clipboard back. I'm like, what the fuck? And it was that it was changing it back too quickly. Mm. So by the time Outlook recognized that control V had been pressed, the clipboard was already changed back. That can actually segue into another topic. I know. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Microsoft Office. I have that topic open right here. (laughs) There are currently, like, two flavors of Microsoft Office. Which confuses I... the shit out of me. Yeah, me too. There's Office yep. that we all know and love, yep. which is now currently on Office 16, Yep. even though it's not 
version 16. Well, it's Office 2016. Yeah. yeah. Ah! I hate version. Office 2016. And then there's Office 365. Yes, which is their cloud version of Office. This is the creative cloud version of Office, which means you don't actually buy the software outright. You rent the software from Microsoft for X dollars a month forever. You know, you're you're basically doing that with Office as well, Andy. Well, yes, I paid it You're doing that with Windows itself at this point, right? Like you have a license to install it. Yes. That is not saying you own it. No, but the license for Office 2016 says that you can install that on, you know, a computer. Well, technically it's up to like, I think, two computers. Yeah. But, you know, once it's installed, like that's your copy of Office. Uh, I don't think so. I could be wrong on that, but I know a lot of other software where that is not the case. Well, Office had... Believe me, if I had to deal with office user rights and everything else, <sighs> what's really annoying now is the fact that if I have an older version of Office, Office 2010 or something like that, and I need to reinstall it, Office requires me to reactivate the Office key yep. with their online server, and I have to attach it to a specific email address. Yep. So it's like, okay, yeah, no, normally, like, if you got that version of Office, that was on that computer. Anybody could go to that computer user and use that thing there. It's like it's tied to that computer, not tied to a specific person. Now, you know, even with the older versions, I have to give it a specific person's email address, which all of us, you know, there's a high turnover rate in the radio industry. So, you know, yes, I could tie it to a person's email address, but who knows if they're going to be here in a month or a year or two years. So now, right. you know, I have to go in there disconnect it from their email address and then reconnect it to somebody else's email address. And it's rather than just saying, hey, this is your computer now. It's got Office on it. That's all I would have to normally do. Mm -hmm. I just had um, our our computer group install Office on a server for me. So now I've got it wherever I need it, as long as I'm connected to the network. But that is your specific version, right? It's not like shared between multiple people because that's a no-no. because I'm the only one with access to that server. Okay, good. In fact, they asked me that and said, like, who else can get here? And I said, no one. Well, yeah, because otherwise it would be considered a network license and that gets into a whole, believe me, I've been having to deal with this because we have one piece of software that requires Microsoft PowerPoint in order to run. Yeah, because instead of, you know, generating a PDF of, you know, this information you would put in there, it creates a PowerPoint presentation, which is all static slides. So I'm sitting there going, like, why can't you just create a PDF of this information that would make it so much easier? So it's like, okay, yeah, we have to buy Office for everybody just to use this one piece of software. That's the dumbest thing around. But we can't install one piece of Microsoft Office and tell everybody's software to connect to that version to create the PowerPoint presentation because that's a no-no. But that's neither here nor there. What's going on now is the fact that Microsoft Office 2016 currently have act, has access to some of the online things like OneDrive and Skype. Right. So, you know, you can upload all your documents to OneDrive or you can use, you know, Skype for business with Microsoft Office and Outlook and all that other fun stuff. Now until 2020. What happens in 2020? On October 13th, 2020, which is the date of the end of mainstream support for Office 2016, these users will have their access to both OneDrive and Skype businesses services cut off. Oh, well, okay. So you thought, hey, I got Office 2016. Hmm. It's got access to OneDrive. This is great. 
Well, yes, it's got OneDrive until Microsoft cuts off their support for Office 2016. Then you get nothing. Good day, sir. Andy, that uh, is unless are... you pay the monthly fee for off Office 365. These these topics are like continually driving me down. Do we have anything smiley and happy in here? Uh... I saw that, that Tesla teased their truck. They did? Yeah. I did not see that. Just a like... An image of a backlit image, so you can't really see the the details of the truck, but you can see its headlights. I'll see if I can find it for you. Oh yeah, no, I found it. That yeah. looks menacing. Yeah, that looks super menacing. We'll find out in September who gets the dinner. Yep, it's three hundred fifty miles, right? Yep, three hundred and fifty miles. Over if under. If it's over three fifty, I get another free dinner. Yes. If it's under three fifty, well, three fifty and under. Yep. Then if, it's if me. they make the claim, it gets three hundred and fifty miles to the gallon or to the gallon to the battery. <laughs> three hundred fifty miles to the battery. Shut up. Then it's mine. I may have been up until like three o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry. Well, there, there was a patch for Factorio. Oh, jeez. And because it's still in, like, really early development, when they do a patch, that, like, changes a lot. So did you actually go in going, oh, my God, what's broken? Oh, my God, what's broken? Oh, my God, what's broken? Oh, no, I restarted. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely restarted. Like, forget playing it. No, you, you don't want to try and convert an old game to a new one like that. That's, oh, God. There used to be four sciences, right? Just four sciences. There are now, like, eight. And so making a factory that can get all those sciences takes time and all the ratios are different, so I'm sitting here, like, calculating uh, values in hertz and saying, well, I have 11 refineries, and each refinery takes in, uh, like, this much oil and spits out this much crude and this much – or this much uh, light oil and this much heavy oil, and it does it at this rate, but I'm consuming it here, and oh, fuck – this is the game that, that your dad gave you when you were really young. You know that, like, shipping game? Yeah, the factory simulator. Yeah, the that one I that you really you, you thought was a game and you really liked it? Yes. That's what Factorio is. It is absolutely the same principle. I am sitting here, like, charting out supply lines. It's finding bottlenecks. It's finding uh, frequencies. It's doing supply and demand. I still don't get why you don't like this game. I've never tried it, actually. I literally, I have it. I've got a, I've got an icon on my desktop. But what's the end goal? Make an efficient factory. That's not exciting at all. But what was the end goal of that little t factory simulator game? I was trying to sell the, the number of, they literally gave you um, at the start, they gave you, you know, hey, the company needs to sell this, or needs to build Produce. and ship this, of this many products okay. at the top. Yep. So my goal was to try and get 100% of that. Turns okay. out you actually can't, but... But you can get close. So yeah. so the goal in Factorio, the similar goal that players can impose on themselves, is you can launch a rocket, and then once you launch the rocket, you can launch a second rocket and a third rocket. And so the question is, how well can you automate your factory such that you are launching a rocket per minute? And then once you get to one rocket per minute, can you get two rockets per minute, et cetera, et cetera? That's still not exciting. <laughs> okay. Doesn't need to be exciting to be fun. Yeah. So other space news, what do we got here with NASA and Mars and space suits um, and everything? Well, which would you like to hit first? 
I, I don't know. Which one would you prefer? Mars, the, the NASA launch with the new rocket, the SLS, okay, uh, has been delayed to 2019. So this is probably just the, the first delay of what I expect to be many more in the future for the, the new ships that are supposed to take things to Mars. And by things, we mean typically, hopefully, people. Okay, entirely separate from that, but on the left side of that page, Lego is coming out with a Saturn V rocket. Yes. Three feet Complete tall. Complete with lander and command module and multi-stage. So you could actually set it up like it is at, you know, any of the rocket places. Oh, the that looks good. Yeah. The rocket those, places. Those rocket places. Like those, Huntsville those places. Cape Canaveral. Those rocket the rockets. Places. Yeah. They're, they're just like rockets. They're places with rockets. Hey, that's, Come that's, on. What, that's what the Huntsville Museum is, basically. It's a place with rockets. Don't you know the, the rocket place? Yeah. Jeez, come on. Hey, I wasn't up that late. <laughs> I woke right. up early because for some odd reason I thought it was Friday. Oh, well then. Yeah, it wasn't Friday. No. <laughs> no, it's not. I started to get up and then Kate's like, no, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, wait, it's Saturday. I need to go to work. No. No, I don't need to go to work. So, okay, so NASA's rocket's getting pushed back to 2019. SpaceX planned launched mission is 2020. Do you think the race is on now? No. The new space race? No, I think we lost that. Lost that to SpaceX? And to various other foreign powers. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Uh, the other unfortunate one is NASA is... Um, Running out of spacesuits. Well, these spacesuits have been around for a while. Yep. Yeah, no, these were like the old spacesuits. Yeah, the same units made for astronauts 40 years ago. Yep. Right, and they we just talked a, a couple weeks slash months ago about a redesign yeah. that NASA was doing. It made it look like it was right out of 2001. Yeah. But in the meantime... <laughs> The suits that they have, which were designed 40 years ago and were only supposed to last for like 10 to 15 years, uh, they're starting to run a little bit out of supply. This is like those. (laughs) Wasn't there a time when NASA was like looking at eBay trying to buy parts for the space shuttle? Oh, my God. I hope not. I sincerely hope not. I swear I heard that story at some point. Hold on. Let's see if I can find it. That sounds like something you'd hear, like, on Snopes, saying, NASA eBay Space Shuttle. NASA memorabilia? No. NASA checks eBay for obsolete parts. San Francisco Gate, 2002. Officials say NASA recently bought a load of outdated medical equipment so it could scavenge Intel 8086 chips, a variant for which the power coal powered IBM's first computer computer back in 1981. So it wasn't like shuttle parts it was the 8080 8088s 8086 chips okay that uh played a critical role at the heart of diagnostic equipment that made sure the shuttle's boosters rockets were safe for blast off huh. so okay so it wasn't actually space shuttle parts it was diagnostic equipment parts that no longer you know were made but yes no nasa at one point was checking ebay for parts loosely yes God, really, those space suits are 40 years old. Jeez. Only 11 of the 18 original units remain. Oof. Yeah. Oh, how much of the federal budget is NASA's budget? Half of 1% or something like that? Maybe, or a tenth of a percent. 
Where's yeah, Steve Ballmer's new webpage? Does that is that listed? <laughs> Half of a percent. Half of a percent. Okay. That was back in 2011. Uh, 15, 16, 17 is 0.47 percent. So you know, awesome. Yeah. What other crappy news do we have? I don't know. Like, I wasn't thinking about it as we were putting these up here. What's going on with Vivendi and Ubisoft? Well, once again, even though Vivendi says that they're not trying to take over Ubisoft, people are still saying that Vivendi is most likely going to try and take over Ubisoft this year. Citing sources close to the matters, Reuters says that Vivendi is on track to allay investor concerns about its strategy, mixed results, and poor sheriff performance by acquiring advertising firm Havas, as well as Ubisoft. So yeah, Ubisoft, Vivendi, as we've said, has currently a stake uh, in Ubisoft at 25%. And so they may try and just purchase enough stock to take over the company. If the stake is increased to 30%, Vivendi would be required under French law to make an offer to purchase Ubisoft. So Vivendi keeps saying, we're not going to do this. That's weird. Like, they're required to make an offer. Ubisoft isn't required to take it. I don't know how French law works. I don't know. Right? Like... I will purchase your company for a dollar. You figure out how French law works and then come back to me on this one. Pass. <laughs> hey, how many switches did we say were sold? 2.74%. Yeah, 2.74 million. Why? Because Nintendo has also stated how many of those NES classics they sold. Oh, how many of those did they sell? 2.3 million. <laughs> and they decided to just stop? Yep. Damn it, Nintendo. Oh, God. Yeah, but Andy, think about that. If they decide to just start, let's say their sales are slowing, right? They yeah. recognize that. They're a very advanced company. They can see that. And they say, all right, that's it. They're done, period, right? Yeah. And then in October, say, hey, here's the Super Nintendo one. 2.3 million people are probably going to buy that as well. Uh, if not more. Because people know that this is the one shot, Nintendo, when they're done, they're going to be done. That's it. They will scoop those things up. Yep. Wow. 2.3 million of those. Damn. Nintendo's doing pretty well. Yep. It's not like, you know, out of control rocket ship like the Wii doing well, but they're doing well. Yep. So wait, hackers stole a Netflix show? Orange is the New Black, season five. It's already out? I guess. Oh, it's not supposed to premiere until June 9th, but the first episode has already leaked. So a group of hackers is demanding ransom from Netflix or else they will release the whole thing. A production vendor used by several major TV studios had its security compromised and the appropriate law enforcement authorities are involved, says Netflix. Oh, the source was a breach of Larson Studios, an audio production company in Hollywood that does automatic dialogue replacement work. Ah, so these are the guys who do the um, voiceover stuff for the international audiences. These this hacker group is full of like assholes. Quote, you're going to lose a lot more money in all this than what our modest offer was. We're quite ashamed to breathe the same air as you. We figured a pragmatic business such as yourselves would see and understand the benefits of cooperating with a reasonable and merciful entity like ourselves. You're fucking criminals. Like, you stole this. Yes, I understand the irony of me saying this to a hacker group releasing information, uh, releasing content over BitTorrent. But like, what? <laughs> I, I, really, guys? Really? 
Granted, you know, I feel like it'd be kind of ridiculous for them to release season five of Orange is the New Black, because I have a feeling that anybody who's not currently watching it, you know, I mean, probably yeah, have to they get all through have season... a Netflix subscription. Yeah. Right? Like, who's going to watch this that isn't currently subscribed to Netflix? Yeah. It's not like Netflix airs commercials in their their programs. No. So this is not hurting advertisers at all. It's not hurting subscribers. No. <laughs> like, I only subscribe to Netflix for Orange is the New Black since I can get it from a BitTorrent. I'm not going to watch on Netflix and I'm just going to cancel my subscription. Until, you know, season six comes out and then my subscription, boom. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling this is not... Granted, you know, when the Grand Tour, the, the you know, Jeremy Clarkson's new thing, went out on Amazon Prime, that thing went crazy on the torrents, but... That was brand spanking new. So I have a feeling a lot of people, you know, didn't want to get the Prime membership to try out that show. And so maybe Amazon lost something on there. But there was a lot of people who already have the Amazon Prime membership are like, I'll just watch it and see. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not going to cost me anything extra. I already have Amazon Prime. Which reminds me, I got to see if either one of us grabbed a book this month. Because we have that lending library with our Amazon Prime account. I'm not sure if anybody grabbed a book. We'll see. Uh... Speaking of Amazon, the mm-hmm. Echo Look. The Echo Look? Yes, the Echo Look. What? What is the Echo Look? The Echo Look, I'm glad you asked. Wouldn't that just be a reflection? <laughs> is a virtual assistant with a microphone and a camera that's designed to go somewhere in your bedroom, bathroom, or wherever the hell you get dressed. Wouldn't wouldn't calling it reflection have been better? I don't know. Right? Because it's, if, if it's an echo, but looking means it's a visual echo. I feel like Amazon missed an opportunity here. And what is the purpose of the echo look and putting it where you get dressed? Uh, style check. Oh, fuck you, Amazon. <laughs> style check keeps your look on point using advanced machine learning algorithm algorithms and advice from fashion specialists submit two photos for a second opinion on which outfit looks best on you based on fit color stylings and current trends over time these decisions get smarter through your feedback and input from our team of experienced fashion specialists so you get an amazon look you put it in your bedroom which a that's freaky enough as it is b you're actually changing clothes in front of it which is also freaky as hell and C, you submit photos to this thing, which, according to Amazon, the photos are stored indefinitely. Um, so that's also freaky. And then Amazon's machine algorithms will tell you which outfit makes you look better. No. <laughs> Just stop. How are we doing on time? Uh, we're pretty much at that point. Anything else you want to hit on our list of, Sheeple oh my God, is now the in world the dictionary. is... What? Sheeple is now in the dictionary. Oh. It is a word. In the Merriam-Webster, for people who are docile, compliant, or easily influenced, people likened to sheep. Not surprised on that one. Not surprised on that one at all. Yeah. Right. Random uh, review? Sure. Wait. Random review. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. I know you we, we talked about this beforehand. I know what you were thinking of doing for your random review. Are you sure... That's what you want to do right now. Why? Just because the rest of the episode has been so depressing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I didn't get enough into my game to review it properly this week, so I'll have to do that next time. Okay. What are you reviewing, Andy? I'm reviewing Bill Nye Saves the World. 
Bill Nye's brand new show on Netflix that I was so excited for. And then I watched it. Bill Nye. I know. I know it's Bill Nye. I was like, hey, cool. Bill Nye's back. Yay. And then you watched it. And then I watched it and went, what the hell is this? I'm not actually alone on that one. I, you know, after, you know, I watched him thinking like, you know, am I missing something or something? No, most of the people are like, what is going on with this show? So the idea is Bill Nye takes his, you know, Bill Nye, the science guy and makes it for adults. He takes a topic of some kind, like the first one was global warming. The other one was homeopathic medicine. There was one about sexual orientation, which that one was a bit weird. Um, And he takes like these big topics and he's like, all right, we're going to talk about these big topics and the science behind them. And we're going to change the world. Yeah. And I'm sorry to say, but the number one thing that was really missing from most of these episodes was the science. He's throwing claims out there left and right about things. And I'm like, all right, what's the science to back this up? And nope, there's no science. He's just saying, yep, nope, this is this is the way it is. And it's like, well, but science. Prove it. Yeah. That's the that's like the one thing I like about when Adam ruins everything is on the television. He puts the frickin citation on the the screen. screen every time. It's amazing. I'm I'm really enjoying that show. Has he not done any new episodes in a while, or has been there? Uh, has been, I don't we had think a problem so. with our DVR. No, I don't think there's been anything new for a little while. Okay. Also, some of his stuff is wrong, but you know, like his home ownership one is is kind of silly. Of like. You know, there's no difference between paying the bank and paying a, a landlord. Like, well, well, I can, I can, I can take tax deductions on paying the bank. A, I, yeah, a, you get tax deductions when you're paying the bank from the interest. B, you at at the end of the process, right? Let's say you jump ahead thirty years. You've been renting for thirty years versus you've owned a home for thirty years. At the end of that process, in one of those cases. You have nothing. In the other, you own a goddamn house. Yes. It is yours. You have that equity. Yes, it is. This is my domain. Literally, this is mine. <laughs> yeah. So that I, I took issue with that episode. So, yeah. So Bill Nye saves the world. You know, he tries to, you know. Save the world. Yeah. And he... He almost dumbs it down a bit because he's trying to do reach a broad audience. So the problem is the fact that A, it's on Netflix, and B, it's Bill Nye. I have a feeling the people who are going to be able to watch this show are already highly educated, knowledgeable about science, and receptive to scientific evidence. Not, you know, hey, let's, you know, pour some antacid in this acid and see what happens. Well, no shit, it's antacid. (laughs) What's it gonna do? Oh, look, hey! It bubbles and turns to salt and water. <laughs> it it increases the pH level of the acid to make it more neutral. Amazing. Wow. That's and the guy they had had some DJ on there who's got hair that's probably he looks a lot like you. I don't know who this DJ is, but I think you've got a slight doppelganger, Dave. God damn it. Another. Yeah. Hold on. Let me find uh, out if I can find out this guy's name. See if I can look it up on. Uh, I have to go get my sword. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh steve aoki all right let's see this guy a-o-k-i a-o-k-i oh no no he's he's safe okay he's not me no he's yeah he's he's like an asian you sure all right hopefully that didn't you know get me on somebody's bad list um i have to go get my sword <laughs> 
but it's it's just like I'm watching this thing. They're going like I don't know like if it's his jokes or he yeah he even has panel discussions, which no surprise most of the time just turn into a shouting match like any sort of cable TV news program. It's just, I. I don't know. It's just not, you know, I've watched, you know, I've watched episodes with Kate. Kate also agrees with me on this one. I've watched episodes of myself thinking, okay, maybe it's, you know, they just didn't get the ball rolling right. But no. Is it, is it just nostalgia that like you're remembering Bill Nye, the science guy, and you were hoping that it was going to be that? And it's, it is, but you don't remember it being that way? Uh, actually, no, because... Our library actually has the Bill Nye the Science Guy on DVD, and so within the previous year, I have actually sat down and watched some of the original Bill Nye the Science Guy TV shows. Heck, the original Bill Nye the Science Guy TV shows are on Netflix. If you really wanted to, you could watch one and then turn around and watch the other back to back. It's I just don't I just it's not doing a good job of whatever it's trying to do. And I don't know if it's like yeah, if it's, it's his bad jokes, if it's his trying to reach a mass audience. He's not doing that correctly, that's for certain. If he wants to try and reach a mass audience, I'd say he'd pull a Cosmos and try and get himself on Fox or something, but that's not going to work cuz Cosmos pulled what a 1.3 share. Yeah, it was it was not very impressive. No, 1.3 share. Nova normally pulls about three, maybe even four. Which, granted, we're about three or four episodes back on Nova. So I remember Nova's Nova. been that having some. Nova's been having some really downer episodes as well. There was like uh, Holocaust tunnels, killer mudslides, 15 years of terrorism. It's just like, damn Nova. Like I. I gotta watch something happy after watching some of this stuff. Well, this episode will not be a good way to do that. Nope. Yeah, this is this is a downer. This is a downer all around. So, if you want to give it a go, try an episode out, especially if you have Netflix. But if you don't have Netflix, you're not really missing much because it's you know it's a half hour of Bill Nye and it's just it's fallen flat. Because like this like is I said, not something bring, to get Netflix for. No, not at all. And if you have Netflix. Give it a go. See if you like it. Most likely, I have a feeling you're not. So, that's my review. Bill Nye saves the world. Eh, not so much. Oh, I know. That's personally, I was like, oh, sweet, Bill Nye. Yes. Oh, crap. Really? Guess <sighs> so. Guess so. All right. right. Random, Random topic. Topic. Have we gotten a new list yet? Uh, yes, I have not added it yet. We've okay. gotten some. Hold on, let me tell you how many we've gotten recently. Uh, four, five, six, seven. We've gotten seven new ones, which is good because we're down to three after this episode. <laughs> so we, we'll be back at ten. So today's random topic, another downer. Best Queen song. I say downer because Freddie Mercury. Great guy, gone too soon. Right. So the best Queen song. The question is with this, do you go with Bohemian Rhapsody or We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions? Another One Bites the Dust. Stone Cold Crazy, Killer Queen. Wizard. Crazy Little Thing Called Love, Under Pressure. Bicycle. (laughs) Bicycle. Also followed by Fat Bottom Girls as well, yeah. Yep. The best Queen song. I mean, these are all just... They're really good. I know. Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody is always, you hear that on the radio, you got to listen to all of it. 
but I feel and like that's it like is, the it is it is an epic, right? It yes. is a it is more than just a song. Yes, it is a a. I'd I'd almost go so far as to say Bohemian Rhapsody is an experience. Just like in and of itself. Yeah, there, there's the, not going to be another Bohemian Rhapsody. Nobody would the, be able to do that song oh, I, in I, today's client. Really? It's, it's possible. six separate, completely, you know, separate sections all put together. It's a mini opera. Yeah. I think someone could do it. I, I think what they would do, though, is they'd break it up into different tracks. Yeah, no, they would not see. Could you imagine Bohemian Rhapsody broken up into, like, six different little tracks? I mean, for goodness sakes, Bohemian Rhapsody... If you did gapless playback, it would just roll from one to the the next? It's six minutes long. I have not seen, like, I don't see anything topping any sort of chart now with a six-minute-long song. Yeah. But you know what? I don't think I'm going to go with Bohemian Rhapsody. Granted, Bohemian Rhapsody was really good. Under Pressure was also really good. You mean Ice Ice Baby? It's not the same. It's just not the same. <laughs> oh. Goes, very, very, very similar. Yeah, oh. It's just not the same. It's not. I know it's not the same. That's why he was able to do it. But it's really damn close. No, no, there's the Vanilla Ice at one point actually trying to explain how it's going there, and he does both bass lines. You see, ours does the da-ding-ding. It's just not the same. But I'm going to say the best thing I have heard is actually the 1992 Freddie Mercury tribute concert. Okay. George Michael was uh, singing Somebody to Love with packed stadium. 72,000 people were there. And at one point, he just stopped singing and actually lets the crowd sing the chorus to somebody to love and that you you listen to that and you think holy crap this is like 72,000 people together singing in perfect harmony perfect time together Mm. oof I wouldn't wouldn't assume that it was perfect the average when you have 72,000 people is probably pretty good yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where it's like you almost wish you were there when that happened. It's just ooh. So I might I might have to go with that one specific song, the ni- 1992, because this was I, actually they put that I think on their one of the Queen best albums that I have. I think I've got like all. I, I'm not sure if I have the last one, but I think I might have to do that one, the 1992 Somebody to Love version with George Michael singing at the stadium, which I think you could actually watch on YouTube. I'm checking right now. Nope, error has occurred. Nope, never mind. So yes, that's that's my answer right there. I know it's not the obvious Bohemian Rhapsody, We Will Rock You, Another One Bites the Dust, Under Pressure sort of thing, but that's what I'm going for. I think I'm going to go for the one that I have the most fun listening to, and that's going to be Bohemian Rhapsody. It's I, just, I, you, you gotta bounce along to it, right? Oh like, yeah, no, I can. Can I you listen that. to Bohemian Rhapsody without singing along? Or without head bobbing? you know head banging during you know that section you just you just can't that's where i'm at i i I can't argue with that that's also really good so well that's somewhat of an uplifting thing there it's a good song Mm -hmm. about a bohemian yeah whose life is falling apart around him shush (laughs) i'm trying to make it at least some happy note during this podcast and on that wonderful happy note ladies and gentlemen that's a wrap This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at 
RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.